When Christopher Nolan's Oscar-winning DP Wally Pfister went off to direct, Swiss cinematographer Hoyta Van Hoytema stepped in, quickly capturing Nolan's man-versus-environment sensibility with vivid landscapes and a symbolic sense of color. In Nolan's latest film this year, the British World War II movie Dunkirk, Hoytema presents something akin to a ballet on the French northern coast as we see soldiers lined up, hopefully waiting for a better turn in their fate. We talk to Hoytema on Crew Call. So one of the things that's so gorgeous about the movie is there are these, it's like a, like a, a picture postcard, but it, it's more than that. It's like when, when in the beginning, when the soldier arrives on the beach, everyone is lined up. It's like a ballet. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, boats are passing by ships, there's, you know, men in single file along the edge of it. Talk about that. Talk about those inspirations. What what were you and Christopher uh, pulling from? Yeah, I, I um, uh, it 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 feels a little bit uh, as you describe it that 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 would have been very much an aesthetic choice, but it but it was not necessarily an aesthetic choice. It was it was very much um, you know in the lines of Chris wanting to strip this um event from you know uh unnecessary or or sort of added drama like film drama and and it was it it was it was always a little bit of an idea from the beginning to show to show sort of the 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 gigantic effort done on that beach but also sort of the infrastructure and the organization i mean even in 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 times of chaos you know the army and the people they're still very organized and and a lot of pictures that we've that we've seen they it, it, they, they they felt very absurd because they showed this immense stretches of beach and yet there was people lining up but but they were not really lining up for anything they were lining up you know sort of into nothingness towards the sea which is a very striking image in itself but you also see you know the the, the crates and the cars and, and and everything has its place it's 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 still a big military operation so people you know they try to keep some sort of an order in um, in the scales and i think that sort of infra, you know the, the infrastructure and that organizational character we wanted to very much maintain uh, you know by doing it the um, were you were you inspired by particular photographs by a specific photographer or was it was it anything that you could find in in the archives? Yeah, it's it's mostly archival stuff actually. We you know on one of our first scouts to Dunkirk, you know, we we were given access to um, uh, to some of the uh, you know the the, the archives belonging to the city council there. And they have like a tremendous amount of 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 stills, you know, also private stills, uh, but mostly ju- journalist journalism and and um, uh, old newspaper articles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And 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 a lot of those uh, images they are sort of available, you know, their books are written and 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 people have harvested from that source. But but we found a lot of very striking images that we've ne- we, we've never seen before, you know, and that gave us a little bit of an understanding how how things actually looked and how they could have felt um i i know this is mostly a question for chris but were each of the stories based on true ones like kenneth Branagh's character 
Mark Rylance's, were these were these real people or were they composites? Well, I know that Chris has spent a tremendous amount of time interviewing, you know, uh, people that were somehow connected to uh, to this event, uh, both civilians, you know, people that came with the boats, but also soldiers that were stuck on this beach. So, so I think for Chris, it was always very important to keep very true truthful to the to, to, to the to the variety of stories and of course this film is is is, is a lot of stories combined but uh, um, I think most of it is is rooted into you know separate stories that 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 he um, that he picked up on, on on one of those interviews now this is is such a, uh, a specific question but it, it it has to do with what I like to call the ballet on the beach mm. The foam on on the uh, that came from the ocean was that real? Did you get that? I mean, it's I know this is really nerdy of me to ask, yeah. but is was that something that you had to make sure laid out correctly in each shot, or it, what? It, or it, was, it, did you get it as catch it as it came? Uh, we 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 you know the the first two weeks uh, we um, we had terrible storms uh, you know uh, it was very hard for us to shoot uh, but one of the the results of of these storms was that the few beaches where we were planning to shoot and where we were initially planning to shoot some other scene scenes uh, um, they got that 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 sea foam um, uh, washed ashore and and it was you know, from the outset, sort of a, 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 a um, um, we looked at it and we thought, oh, this is a problem. This is going to stop us from from sort of proceeding with the way that we had imagined it and the way we want to shoot it. But the 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 look of it was so striking that we kind of decided to to work with it and to to um, you know to utilize it. So then suddenly we were planning a little bit around the foam and to try to sort of get as much as possible out of it. But it was a, a, a net, uh, you know, a, a natural occurring um, phenomena there. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's basically the, the, well, most likely the pollution and the storms and the winds and this. And um, yeah, we just felt we have to somehow turn it into something that will be helpful to this film. Your color palette, um, blues, blues and browns. But also a touch of maroon, and I was wondering if you could talk talk about that and the symbolism of that. Yeah, I can. I can, of course, uh, be very sort of uh, symbolic and intellectual about it. But uh, you're talking about maroons and browns and blues. Uh, you know, you're talking about the skies, the uniform, and 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 the beach, and the, and the soft blues of the water and. And 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 that sort of uh, imposes your color palette on the on the on, on the film itself. You know, you 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 know, I, I was just very, um, yeah, very preoccupied to, to give it an s sort of naturalistic feel. You know, and 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 you know to maintain you know maintain the the the, the naturalism in skin tones very much while you know while. Well, having all these different colors uh, there, I mean, what was very important for us was connection. Was 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 uh, connection with the, the the main character, sort of from the outset, and and uh, we felt, you know, in fact, we felt we should strip it away in a way from sort of very strong 
looks you know done in camera or done in post we kind of we wanted everything to look a certain way in front of the camera and then sort of re register it, pure, it, it as pure as possible and also maintain the skin tones uh, in a very naturalistic way. And um, also the more because we decided to uh, post uh, post produce this whole film uh, as much as possible analog as we could, you know. And of course, if you don't have the trick box of the DI, you know, the digital... Uh, uh, grading suite you have to be very sort of pure and very st straight with the way you treat your colors because you all shoot them and 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 that's in a way the way that they would potentially end up minus and plus a little bit of adjustments but your adjustments are much more limited so you have to be a little bit more meticulous in your production design and and um, uh, and so forth i mean typically when when we think of films shot on the water we you know we think water world there's always a struggle shooting on the water. And granted, a lot of this is done mm. in a tank. Mm -hmm. uh, and we could talk about that. But I'm just curious, was it a challenge to shoot on the water? Is it, it, and, and if so, what are the biggest problems? Or if you're in a contained environment like a tank, is it just easy? Well, you know, everything you shoot in a tank is is ultimately easier on a on a normal you know normal working day. You know, you you all all your your you know everything is so much under control, and and um, and usually you use post in order to add drama. Now, um, of course, Chris, um, uh, Chris and Emma, they they. Uh, they really insisted very early on, um, you know, to try to do as much as possible things in camera. And, um, you know, there's a whole sort of set of reasons why things should be in camera. And, and, and for me, sort of first and foremost is if you do things in camera, you can maintain the um, um, biggest amount of, of resolution and clarity in your IMAX frames, you know. so. So, uh, so that's a reason. But the other reason is that, you know, nobody of us still believed that 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 sort of the the, the viscerality of it, of that reality and the, the way that 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 space works, that that's something is that you could potentially invent later and, and do in post. Uh, it becomes very evident when you when you go on a scout to 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 uh, to the beach in Dunkirk that it's it's it just screams to be shot you know and screams screams to be shot exactly exactly the way it, that it's laid out in front of you so so yes we um, we felt we have to uh, we have to do this as much as possible in camera and therefore you know shoot as little as possible in the tank uh and it's not the most comfortable choice. It's uh, it's uh, suddenly after a decision like that, you know, you get a whole arsenal of uh, you know uh, uh, challenges fired at you that you have to start dealing with and working with. And what was the worst part? Was it is it the lighting, or is it the as it changes throughout the day, or and in, in how it hits the water, or is it? It's 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 the lighting and it's continuity. So uh, you you have to have a, a, a very sort of a free and loose relation with a sort of classic sense of continuity in films. But it's also, I mean, it's pure. Um, the physics of things is is difficult. It's 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 the tides. You know, and having to work with the tights, and certainly have to move a set. You know, uh, 
upwards on the beach uh, as the water comes in and or downwards on the beach it's working with the winds the the the, the first two weeks um, our our sets got destroyed by uh, by the storms and then it's the water it's the salt water it's the the very fine sand on the beach that gets into your equipment then you want to be underwater and then you and then when you're underwater you encounter the waves and how can you you know um sort of you know operate a camera normally uh, when you're on a boat that is literally uh, banging on the waves and 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 um, uh, flipping and turning um so you have to fi- find find and figure out ways to do that as best as you can and all the time when sort of nature comes with you uh, comes to you uh, with certain surprises up its sleeve you you want to be ready because you want to you want to keep shooting so you figure out all kind of ways to sort of cope with those uh, those pounding forces of nature and and did you what season did you shoot in uh, we shot we shot sort of in the summer yeah and then I noticed is it intended to be overcast in the beginning and then gradually we have sun at the end well you know um, it, we, we, we we had to take the weather the way it, it came you know it's 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 not necessarily purely conceptual thought to have it overcast in the beginning and then have, have the Sun come out even though it's a very pretty thought that it is like that but but I mean, very early we had to sort of decide that we have to take the weather as it comes. If you want to shoot on the real place, you either do that and you work with it, or you, you know, you have to shoot it either in the studio or you haven't, or you shouldn't shoot it in Dunkirk. Uh, but what that beach gave us and and what it came up with all the time, uh, including weather surprises, was something that we could have never imagined before you know it's it's something that you cannot really imagine as a filmmaker on a drawing board or in a conceptual stage it's something that you have to sort of you know you have to stick your arms out and and walk into it and then whatever is fired at you have to work with it and that was much more sort of our 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 philosophy uh, you know getting into this into this film you know we we just we, we we wanted to be ready sort of to to be able to cope with any sort of you know problem that came came towards us you know and and that involved a lot of engineering for instance you know uh, we had to build special houses in around the cameras or uh, you know the the kind of lenses that we that we had made for this uh, you know and that engineering also uh, uh, showed itself a lot in for instance the 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 dogfights and in the 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 air-to-air stuff so you shot I know. I know. Christopher likes IMAX a lot. Yeah. Um, tell me about shooting in it. You also utilized it on Interstellar. Yeah. But you, of course, you go in. Like, which scenes do you decide will be shot in IMAX? And correct me if I'm wrong. I think the cameras are significantly easier to maneuver now. It used to be that you could only shoot them. IMAX cameras was like you could only you needed a helicopter. To, to literally, you had to hang the the camera on on the bottom of the helicopter. That's not the case now. It's, well, it's... I mean, I mean, uh, the ergonomics of the camera have, have 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 significantly improved. But 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 it's very much Chris's work and and Chris and Wally they were the first one to utilize it. But we um, uh, myself and Panavision and IMAX uh, we have sort of. Uh, uh, 
you know, we, we, we did a lot of changes to the to the to the um, equipment and the system in order to make it, you know, much more util, util, uh, you know, easy to, to to utilize on a sort of a daily basis. Um, you know, there's like very long, uh, uh, very short magazines, but but loading time takes a long time. So so you have to sort of get a si- get get systems to cope with all that stuff. Um, Is it? It's it's digital. It's not digital. It's 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 analog and and um, um, yeah, it's which it, is very important. I mean, it's 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 literally a gigantic size of negative that you're 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 effectively pulling twenty four medium format uh, photographs uh, per second through a through a camera. So it's it's that's the reason that it's so heavy and it's so big, and that the motors in the camera they have to be very strong and very precise. So it's it's it's. It's almost impossible to make that camera any lighter, you know. It's, it's which, the, which scenes were in IMAX? Seventy percent of the film is in IMAX. Like um, on Interstellar, we used IMAX as much as we could, but we were still we had we had restrictions, space restrictions, and everything. When we started prepping this film, we really felt like we have to do this as much as possible on IMAX. You know, we we we. We have to push the, the 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 boundary a little bit. On Interstellar, I think there's never there had never been a film that utilized more IMAX, but we we loved it so much that we felt you know this this film has to be the the, the far vast majority has to be IMAX. The reason when we're not shooting IMAX has a very sort of banal and practical reason. That is, you know, uh, at some sometimes you you have to record sound. You know, when you when people talk, when there's dialogue, especially when it's a very intimate dialogue, because shouting that those are things that you can sort of always put after in post, or you can wider shots, you can you can sort of muffle the sound of the camera. But if you're working very confined spaces and it gets very intimate, like for instance in the in the in, in inside the moonstone, for instance, you know you need to record sound, so you need to have a soundproof camera. So in those it, for those situations, we had to resort to um, uh, the Panavision System 65, which is still one of the most beautiful, one of the most glorious and big formats out there. But they make a soundproof ca- camera, so it's so it's a little step down in quality from IMAX. Uh, but 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 we 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 uh, we did that so that we could record sync uh, sync sound. But we would always do a take on IMAX afterwards, you know, just so. Chris could try and push in the edit to sort of lay the sound over the IMAX or use the sound from the one camera over the IMAX. You know, there was just a sort of a very enthusiastic hunger to just try to do as much as possible in IMAX because it's 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 literally it's like the the clearest and most sort of generous and um, and you know. Uh, tactile eye, eye into into the world you know there's just no no better uh, format out there than that so how did you meet chris did he see a particular film of yours yeah i think he saw some films of mine before we met but uh, but that was before interstellar when when it became clear that wally was going to direct his own film um and chris was looking for dps and he he was meeting some dps and um and I flew into LA to to meet both Chris and Emma, and and we had a nice, nice, nice long talk, and and um, 
um, yeah, I, we, I liked him a lot, and I think he liked me as well because uh, he he decided hiring me in the end. But I'm uh, I um, I love working with uh, with both Chris and Emma very much. Yeah. And the the difference between in, uh, shooting Interstellar and shooting this, I got to imagine more green screen on Interstellar. But still, what what very, was very little green screen also on Interstellar. I mean, Chris is really he he loves doing things in camera. So, so it puts a lot of um, uh, it's a big challenge for for instance, uh, you know, the special effects people and 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 also for me as a DP because you you feel that you all the time end up you know inventing things and 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 end up investigating like older technologies like back projection and stuff that have haven't been used for quite some time and and sort of reapplying them now to to the mo- modern uh, technique that is available and so you always end up engineering and rethinking and thinking how you can make things work so that they work in camera a lot of a lot of real nice analog film trickery everywhere you know it's uh, it it's it's you know there's just very little um trust you know during a shoot like that 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 computers will solve our problems you know it's it's we we always sort of assume that we have to sort of do everything in camera as much as we can and computers are kind of our last resort for when it doesn't work out but you know there's this very sort of um um, overlaying ambition all the time to, to 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 try to get it, and if you can't get it, you know you you, you have to figure out ways that that, that you you will get it. You know, it, was it a shorter shoot, Dunkirk? Uh, slightly shorter than Interstellar, yeah. And how is he? Is how does he shoot? Does he like to do things fast? Does he like to rehearse? Does he? Um, will it, he get it until he gets the right shot? Will he stay on it? Yeah, but but but, but Chris is one of the most uh, most efficient um, efficient persons you can imagine working with. He you know he 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 knows a tremendous amount about you know the technique you know the 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 um you know the, the 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 technical side of filmmaking you know the cameras the lights and all those kind of things um usually uh, usually much he he knows about it but at the same time he also has a has a great mind for you know uh, the structure the crew the sort of the 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 you know the interactions and the, and the and the chemistry there at the same time, he's a he's a great production mind and a good and, a, and also a very efficient financial mind. So he somehow he can combine all these uh, all these things together, and the knowledge he gets from that he can really utilize to sort of <coughs> push a shooting day forward in a very efficient way. So so we are very seldom just waiting around. We're very seldom you know wasting our time. And usually when we get to the set at at, at call, you know. Ten minutes after after call, we have we have done our first shot and we are on our way and we we have a momentum, you know, and we are all sort of working and 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 thriving on that momentum. So 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 somehow, yeah, efficiency is a very 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 important uh, thing. But then you know, within all that efficiency and f- fast working and and speeding forward, he also knows very well when to stop and when to you know invest a little bit more time in in sort of the, the po- poesy po- poetry of, of things or 
you know, when an actor needs a little bit more help, you know, uh, so there's patience as well at the same time. But I always see Chris very much as uh, as a, you know, as a Renaissance uh, man, you know, S- uh, you know, like a like a Da Vinci of filmmaking, you know, somebody that is not only good at mixing the color palettes and 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 making the paintings, but also inventing the machinery around it needed and. You know, and and being overall, um, you know, having interesting philosophies about it. You know, he's a great writer as well. You know, but he's he's he somehow he knows how to channel all these, all these, um, you know, all these uh, strengths into you know that product into the film. Did you storyboard the entire movie? Uh, no, but uh, what happens very often is that you you storyboard um, uh, you know complicated scenes. You know, Chris worked a lot uh, with a storyboard artist before because the complicated scenes, um, you know, they they uh, they demand a lot of different forces to be uh, to be sort of blended together so you have a special effects team visual effects team uh the, the way it's shot you know costumes uh you know construction you know and in order to get people on the same page you very often use the storyboard for that but but in a normal shooting day and say normal scenes we kind of hardly ever worked with a, with a storyboard we kind of you know did you shoot uh your exteriors in in natural light yes as and, much as possible, yeah. And then, um, what's your what's your next project? Um, I uh, I don't know yet. I just finished a film. I uh, I just finished uh, at Astra with uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's due out Gray. in January. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Not this January, January two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 tell tell us tell us more about that. Well, it's it's it is not so much t- to tell about it yet uh, i'm actually not even uh, even uh, uh, aware if i can say anything about it but it's a it's a it's a it's a science fiction directed by james gray and brad pitt is playing playing the the lead we have uh, donald sutherland is in it and um, um yeah there's a whole bunch of very good and interesting people that uh, i'm looking forward to it i uh, i enjoyed making it very much excellent yeah thank you very much Thank Perfect. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Crew Call podcast. To ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to subscribe for this and all other Deadline podcasts in the podcasts app, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.